everybody. Before we dig into today's podcast, I hope everyone is doing well. Artists, photographers, neon makers, vendors, shop owners. If you just love neon and if one day you hope to own your own sign, whoever you are, I hope you're all okay during these trying times. Number two is our merch. If you ever wanted to wear something with the intent to feature neon front and center, it's online. Hit merch on the main nav on the site and so on. And last, text us, 917-565-9616. Love to hear from the community, general thoughts, musings, and or whoever we should have on the show. Whatever it is, hit us up, and here is your podcast. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, neon, helium, xenon, krypton. Transform and roll out. Max at Mono Neon. I'm with Jason Horton. Uh, thanks for coming on the Mono Neon show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So a lot of things that we talked about early on, we were just kind of firing off away. And I was learning a lot of interesting tidbits about your work and, and sort of the, you know, the, the spark that lit the, the fire. Um, Jason's done a really incredible book for people that obviously are unaware of our guest. He's written uh, books. He's, he's on podcasts. The book we're talking about today is Abandoned Historic Los Angeles, Neon and Beyond. It's just come out. Um, really a, a passion project of Jason's. It deals with um, obviously neon, uh, the way that these buildings kind of come together. I'm sure the fascination between where they go and what's historically being kind of left to, to fray. Um, you know, take us through maybe the, that that moment where you're like, okay, I got to, A, maybe I have to put a book out. But prior to that, were your experiences where, because a lot of things you post too, it's exciting, like things like film related stuff, um, you know, essays about locations and stuff like that. How do you even attempt to put together a book in the first place? Like, what was that like? Well, you know, everything kind of starts, I don't want to go back too far, but I, I come from the world of YouTube and and creating content on YouTube and making a living because of YouTube and uh, you know doing branded content and, and being a, you know I don't use the word anymore like influencer which is not really something I'm too involved in anymore and then from there I was just always into creating uh, you know from the world of comedy and 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 stuff so I, I kind of like everything kind of started there but I've always had a parallel interest in. Uh, historical locations and filming locations like this was filmed on this location back in 1985 and this is what it looks like now and i've always had that interest you know it's difficult for me to watch a television show or movie depending on where it is without me obsessing over where was it filmed you know especially i mean of course in los angeles but you know see new york or really really any city and i like to go back and see oh that's where that's this is what that area looks like right now. And, and so kind of parallel, those things were happening at the same time, but that was just a hobby. And, you know, like we were talking, I didn't realize there was a you out there that would also be interested (laughs) possibly in, in that kind of cultural history, but apparently there are a lot of people and, and it's, it's, you know, you can call it a niche type thing, but I think it's even bigger than that. And there's just a, a you know a huge culture which I didn't realize. I thought like I was just not a weirdo, you know. I know I'll throw that yeah. around, but I, I thought I was just somebody that was like, and I just had this kind of you know, it's like an like like I'm like I'm the, I'm the unique one in the room, right? And then like I, there must be no one else there that's into this, which is kind of largely magical about the internet because now you can see the depth versus the width, right? You you kind of know okay, there's always one person school kind of relates to you. And then it almost reminds me of like, you go to a big city and you find there's a whole group of people, right? And so the bizarre nature of neon signs is like, 
I've also learned that there's multiple types of neon sign fans out there and people who love neon in different ways, which is totally fascinating. I mean, not to interrupt you, but I think the YouTube generation, especially now, we're now looking at kind of having the most information we've ever had possible all at once and having access to that. Has that changed you or kind of molded you seeing YouTube kind of explode? And I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because I think that it's such an interesting platform, the way it's kind of grown and changed over time, at least kind of given people access to some of these things like travel and um, just experiences they never would have seen. You know, like I actually, it took me kind of getting out of that bubble that I was in because I was doing a lot of, whether it's stand-up comedy or improv comedy and I was auditioning and I would, uh, you know, be in certain you know, a commercial here or a movie there. And it, it was really hard for me to find that stuff. And it took me kind of getting away from YouTube for, for various reasons, things change and uh, the industry changes that I, I really kind of leaned into what I was interested in. And then, you know, podcasting was actually something that got me there a little bit, a little bit more. And then I kind of found that my voice there, but I also, have done a lot of traveling, especially in the last couple of years, uh, Europe, Asia, and and taking photographs. And, you know, the the United States, you find something from like the 1800s and you're like, ooh, that's old. Well, in Prague, old is like 1100, you know, <laughs> AD. So it's, 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 you know, the United States is, is a, a baby, is, is, is a newborn baby as far right. as, as things that are dated. So traveling also kind of added to that. And then I just was like, well, let's, you know, let's see what else is out there. And then I just found other people, you know, you know, as, as Facebook is, is what it is, but like a Facebook groups are a really great thing. You can just find literally anything that you're into, any weird thing, any, any non weird thing, there's somebody else out there and, and you find them that really, I don't, it, it doesn't, you don't look at it as like, oh, I'm the only one who likes this. <laughs> it's for me, it's like, oh, wow. I was like, you're also into this. Like, that's great. I like, I love making, you know, making connections with people, you know, where it used to be like, or still is like music. Oh, you like this band? So do I. It's the same thing with us talking about neon signs or, or, or you know, historic places or just, you know, kind of cultural history that is, as you probably know, is, is, is disappearing right before our eyes. And then I think a lot of people realize that. And, you know, this book is a way for me to capture it. And hopefully, for, you know, for other people that might want to look at it, it's like, hey, when I walk down the street in LA, this is what I saw one day. And, and now you can look through my lens and see what I saw and I capture that. And, you know, especially now, oh, who knows what's going to be around? I mean, things are, things are, you know, kind of just falling through, you know, the crap, the cracks and, and uh, it's, it's really tough and it's, it's sad. And, and, and you know, right it's, too. It's a, and I think to that credit, like when, you know, I always tell people on the show, I said, even if you don't make me, you know, this is not a show about specifically about that. However, we do have a lot of that on the show. It's a lot of kind of, this is, if you're fenced off as the person who's like the number one, you know, uh, progressive rock person in this particular time period, you should post about it. I always try to push people out there and say, Hey, look, the results are, you've got a thousand of these photographs. Why not? You know, you could be one of many. And I think where to start, you know, that's always the biggest problem people have. It's always like, we always know that one guy in the room who's like, Hey, I'm working on my book. And you see him like 15 parties later and you're like, Hey, what's up? He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put out this book. And it's like, dude, you've been working on this book for like 10 years. You know, here's the book. Two years later, you've got things going. You know, one of the things I decided to do with this show was really kind of help un undemolish time, like whether 
stories go to the elements of the ruins where the most, you know, mostly people think about things that they've seen or watched, but rarely do they get a chance to tell everybody about them. So uh, largely these things about neon are not really well understood, especially, I mean, at least in the process of making it, there's documentation on this, but what can we do to kind of help this kind of, uh, you know, chunk of time be a little bit more understood, you know, if someone was to kind of just approach it as a community and say, oh, I want to see what Neon's all about, largely they'd have to comb through books and go through different websites. And it would be mostly pictures of signs, right? So the fun facts that go into this stuff, especially for me, I mean, back to the book is like, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about happening on type uh, on Neon, you know, uh, largely what I heard say earlier too, which is really cool is that, you know, like even within the movies themselves, like it's so iconic, these different locations, whether they were just places of interest or businesses or restaurants. Um, how did you, I always tell people who write books, like how do you come down to like maybe the 50 or so pictures or wherever many signs that are in the actual book? How do you sell on that? Was it stuff that you knew? Did you have like someone who could kind of take you into these places or like locations on Google that you could look at? Like how did you decide on what approach to take? It, it all started with me seeing the final product even though i've never had a book published you know i've written uh, option screenplays and, and shorter stuff and i've written scripts and stuff like that but i've never books are like something like oh you, you know somebody made a book happen for better or for worse like somebody made that happen it's a tangible thing and and for me i saw the end result and i and the end result is not that far you know from what i imagined the beginning what it is right now but it, but I didn't know. I don't. I didn't know what I didn't know. Like now that I have this, and I went through this process, I might do it the same exact thing, but I might do it. I can kind of refine it. But it's that thing where it's like if I waited to everything was perfect, the book would never come out. And I needed that book to know what I wanted next. Without that, so I, I kind of just was like, I set an end result, an end goal, and I got an offer because of the, a podcast that I do called Ghost Town, which is adjacent to, to this because we talk a lot about history, but we also talk about crime and, and, and haunted stuff. We also talk about uh, strange history and, and locations and, and then got an offer for a book for Ghost Town. Well, we turned that down, but I got another offer about a book about Los Angeles and, and, you know, mainly like kind of a coffee table photo book. And, but also with the, the books that they generally put out, the, the specific publisher, it's generally just describing the photos, but I was like, I, I am more interested in hearing people's stories. So I was like, I knew, I was like, I wanted to have old school punk and like hardcore musicians tell stories about LA. And that was my initial thing. So I wanted photos and then I wanted like a punk rock book. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, there is a little bit of that in there. I mean, I got a lot of, but the thing is a lot of people of course are busy and, and, and such, but they didn't know what it was. And I was like, I, I know what it is. You just have to take my word for it. But now that I have a book to be like, oh, <laughs> if part two comes out, you'll know what this is. So then I just, so I had that in mind and all the while I'm collecting photos, but then I'm also, I've always been of the mind that there's always like, it doesn't, I, I just need to kind of be the curator of this thing. It's like all through my lens, but there's great photographers out there that you can find on Instagram uh, and, 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 and such, or you get referrals. And then I found people that were willing to, to, you know, kind of contribute their, their photos to this book and photos that I had. I also did not have a car the whole time. Like the whole time I was working on this book, I didn't have a car. So everywhere I went, it was just circumstantial and became 
almost like a, a, a photo book for me because I can look at a photo and be like, I know where I was when that happened or I know what I was dealing with during that time or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's, there's a little bit of that in there and that's, people might get that, but you know, that's kind of how I got there. And from there it's, you know, there's a thing where it's like I, not having enough photos or more specifically, not having enough photos to spread across, you know, the greater Los Angeles area where I'm like, I don't really have a lot of the West side or, or that. So it's, and then I have a lot of vintage need some more historic or I have some more Mm -hmm. historic need Mm -hmm. more abandoned. So I broke those things down to make it eat. So there is some kind of rhyme or reason to the book, but I also wanted it just to be one thing. So it's that thing of kind of categorize, but you know, abandoned and vintage, they, you know what I mean? There's a Venn diagram that all these things fit. So it was kind of separating that and, and making, and then work with the publisher with the, with the you know, specifics and, and the, the technicality, which I have no idea. I had to make a manuscript for it. I was like, I don't even know how to read. I don't think so. Uh, and, but it's also, it's getting people, you know, getting people involved. And I have, of course, I have, you know, essays in there as well about Los Angeles, but I didn't want it to be a me centric book. Like here's my photos. Here's what I love about Los Angeles because frankly, I'm not interested in, in, in reading that book. And, and I know some of it has to be in there, but I was like, Hey, you know, it's like, come to my exhibition, see what photos I really like and, and, and see what, and see what art I really like. And, and I think putting all these people together, you're going to get a really great experience. And that's kind of what I do with the book. Yeah, and there's a lot of different like, things like kind of going on too. I know there's kind of like a celebration of different essays. Does it sound like kind of a picture of pictures and essays going together of, of kind of what LA was or at one point kind of took place there? Is that kind of what I'm getting? You know, it's, I really left it to, to people because I didn't really know what it was and I, I didn't want people to... I had a lot of people say yes and it just didn't happen. And, and it was actually kind of hard for me to get people to to kind of sign on. But whatever people gave me was great. I mean, I had, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie, The Room or the book, The Disaster Artist, but uh, uh, Greg Sestero, you know, Disaster Artist, I think it was up for, you know, best picture. He wrote the book on it. So I had him on it and he talked about Pasadena and it wasn't anything about the industry. He could have, but I was like, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I had a girl that was in the Paranormal Activity movies. I was like, and we were, you know, we've known each other for a while. And she just talked about, you know, the, the you know, kind of the change in equality in LA. So, and, but then I have some people talking about what it was like to skateboard in the 80s or go to like a punk rock show or uh, things like that. So it was like, a, a, it turned out to be a really nice mix of their LA and, Fortunately, there were photos to kind of complement what was going on. And it makes sense when the kind of the book comes together like that. Yeah. And I think too, is like, we think of these, uh, I talk about a lot about signage too, in this way. And I think I, I tell a pretty good idea of how kind of things came from and where it went. And a lot of our guests do a really amazing job, especially because they've taken pictures of these signs. But Neon has a really interesting story, you know, especially from the types of things that were going on. And, and throughout the decades, it has a different flavor, there's different tone, there's different signs that are being built. And, and now we've only 100 years, you know, plus later, we've been able to look back and say, wow, look at all these things that got teared down, but look at all the things that were saved and structurally, what are we using as materials and how have we lost different things? And so I think it's really important to, like you said, is like kind of collect some of those ideas and then just, you know, reimagine what it was like. I mean, especially those collection of stories, they do such a great job of 
kind of filling in the blanks because we do have a lot of those signs left and we can go back and look at them, but largely, you know, what was the person that was there who was making it or was around the time when that was around? I mean, those are the fun moments. I think, um, you know, you, you touched on the Hawthorne Mall being on the plaza and kind of the story of what you mentioned in an article that I read where you kind of loosely walked in. I guess there was a movie going on, but you largely were not interested in that. Um, he was a huge fascination, I, I think, with dead malls. We had somebody on the show uh, you know, really kind of go in deep on uh, on dead malls and sort of there's a whole, like you said, there's like a whole booming community of people um, that love that and, and, you know, would love to tell stories about it. So they make, you know, either video about it um, and just, you know, just the nature of that alone is so interesting to me about, you know, I mean, I, Grace Casas, who was, she did dead malls, like digital neon on the subject matter. Um, there's been books written about it as well. Um, which is really fun. You know, I, I guess, you know, where did that, was that a part of the book as well? I don't know if that, you know, entered the book. Absolutely. The, 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 I was working, I was in the movie that was happening at the mall. So I was there to be in a movie and it just happened to take place at the Hawthorne uh, Plaza mall. And when I got there, I was like, wait a minute, this is the abandoned Hawthorne Plaza mall. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's on the call sheet or whatever. I was like, no, no, you, you don't understand. This was on like a bucket list I had to come here. And I didn't even put it together because I just show up places. I mean, that's kind of how it's early in the morning. And I, I was so excited and no one cared but me. Uh, but I was so, and that's really like some of the first photos that have made it this far into the book are photos that I took in there. There were some of me in there, but I didn't really want myself in, in ruining, <laughs> ruining the photos. Uh, but the there's and there's tons of mall in here. I wish there was more uh, a dead mall or mall culture. The only because I've grew up, you know, going to malls and and mall culture, watching uh, you know any movie in the '80s or TV show in the '80s. That was what was happening in the food court and me growing up and being fascinated by malls, how big they were and like oh, there's girls here and there's like an arcade and there's like a record store. This is, I'm very old, but, it's not, but I think that like, and but then that was that where, culture. but that was kind of the crossroads of pop culture. That's where that all converged. People yeah. don't realize that's where you went to go see the latest hippest clothing. Like you didn't go to, you know, you went to the record store to, to look for music. You did largely, I mean, you could have flipped the TV and seen a, uh, something going on, but that's, that's how important I think the mall was to certain places, you know, like bigger cities, maybe not so much, but to, you know, basically smaller towns, that was the only place you could get, you know, your information, your gossip, like kind of all at once. Right. I mean, it was kind of a, a very important piece. Oh, I was always spreading gossip about myself. <laughs> you know, I was really letting people know that, uh, you know, what a bad boy I was and, you know, uh, you know, what a, what a cool guy I was. And I rode my motorcycle and jumped it off a, jumped it off a cliff and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I love malls. I love mall culture. And then the decline of it, sadly, is also very interesting. So I've always kind of studied, you know, what the decline of the American mall and, and you know, especially here in LA where malls are, you know, a centerpiece of so many movies that are filmed here. And now there's just, you know, little fractions of, of some of them left or, you know, there's just like skeletons of them. And uh, I, I think, Nostalgia is huge for every, this is what why we're talking about a lot of this nostalgia is huge. That's why they remake movies. That's why Stranger Things is popular. Everyone in the you know the 1980s and, and I and I feel like uh, with what I'm interested in, I think 
I'm at that also at the right age for me to be involved in all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, I could do a whole book on the mall malls. I can do a whole book on, on just, just neon signs in Los Angeles, which I'm actually working on possibly uh, as a, as a separate, you know, thing of like literally just signs and, and uh, you know, love to have you involved in it because you could probably break down like what, what this actually is. And, and I know, I mentioned in the book, but I think the first couple of neon signs in America was in Los Angeles. I mean, somebody might, I've, you know, yeah, I fact-checked it, but somebody might tell me otherwise. Well, yeah, there's definitely been, you know, obviously West Coast is, is very much a, a prevalent space for neon and, and, you know, people can really kind of point out there and say, I mean, the decline of, of, you know, mall civilization, that was actually a really amazing book and Michael Kalinske on the show. And he was just saying how, you know, these were the glory days of the mall. Similar to him, he was just like, I was just there to shoot stuff. Like I hated malls. And he went back and it's like this celebrated book about mall culture and a lot of neon is in there. And so I just think it's interesting to tie, to take one specific topic and kind of go at it. But, you know, the sort of the writing habits are tricky, you know, as you go through, it's interesting, you've been on site to filming locations and historical landmarks. I love the pictures and, and I'll put a link in the show notes where you kind of go to very popular movies and they'll be like, you know, um, maybe outdoor signage, which is largely a part of, you know, different types of movies. But um, I just like like the Pulp Fiction one that you were in front of, uh, you know, like the, the pawn shop and stuff like that. I mean, largely these really important cultural, you know, kind of film moments and, and where they're kind of historical enough that everybody knows what they are. Like you said, it, it kind of can come back alive all over again, just by standing near it or being near these things. Um, you know, they have energy. And I think there's a lot of really unique stories that go, go into this. Have you, you know, I, I know the book just came out. I know we talked a little bit about how people can get, can get their hands on it. I think it's going to be coming back in print. Is that right? Well, yeah, it, I think they already sold out. I, I don't think they were prepared for, the amount that of the the pre sales they were going to have, um, but it will be it, it will be they, it, it won't be hard to get. It's just it's taking a little longer to 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 ship out. But um, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, indie bookstores. I think Walmart maybe. And uh, yes, yeah, so you, you could you could technically find it everywhere. It's just when it will ship to you. Hopefully, will be will be sooner or later. I was hoping everyone would already have it by now and uh you know because i'm promoting it a lot this month and now it's just like i don't know you know talking to people about it they're not gonna you know i'll have to bring a copy with me or something like that but um yeah, yeah if you want it, to tell our labor, to can they pre-order it somewhere yeah you can get you know if you go on amazon you know if it's amazon or, or local bookstore i think it's i mean it's in every place that i looked at it's just like when will it ship to you and and such and you of course support your local you know indie bookstores but you know i mean amazon is is a place that they have it and barnes and noble and those those bigger retailers and google books and and such there's no there's no uh digital copy because that's it's not gonna look that great. Uh, it needs to, you know, it needs to be kind of touched and, and held and felt and, and, and such. And the pictures, you know, and, and everything kind of really comes alive from that. Yeah. I mean, I love this, you know, the energy that you have, especially with like, um, I think one of the articles I read about was just like the nature of you having to travel to places and having your, you know, having to stop and take a look. I mean, where they, you know, where they filmed, uh, drive. And what I, one thing's interesting about that picture, and it's just stuff that like weird neon and, and sign people pick up on, they kind of redress the whole storefront into something completely different because you kind of have a before and after. That's so fascinating that you're able to pick up on that. 
Um, you know, like the pizza place was a completely different name, obviously for particular reasons, like copyright reasons and stuff like that. I'm sure they just have to largely do that. But back in the day, I'm, I think they just shot on site and were just like, you know, going at it. Um, it's interesting to see how much uh, Neon has played a part in, in film. You know, there's a couple of sites out there um, that I think are dedicated to like, you know, tracking films that have neon in them and stuff like that. Um, which is weird, right? Cause we kind of just think of it as like window dressing. Um, did, did some of those films kind of have moments for you that excited you and you were able to kind of think and go and find them or was it easier for you to do that? Well, I really think it, when, I didn't realize how much it did, especially when I would watch like, you know, I loved eighties movies and of that and how, prevalent it is to kind of like you know it's not it's the night what's happening during the night and the neons lit up and it's the neon city and like it, it's it's dark and it's bright at the same time but it's light because of the neon and it's just everything is just so cool and, and like electric like everything is like electric is what i always felt like i was being sold as like a as a kid like everything's very electric and and uh, i think that for some reason really really resonated with me and there's so like signs were so big you know, they were like, this is the place to buy this thing. And I feel like like minimalism kind of came in and there's some great like, you know, signs that are minimalistic, but I think everything was just so, is now so subdued where it's like, hey, listen, we're very cool, come here or whatever. When then it was like, look, there's a huge neon arrow pointing to the front door on the sign, which is, is, is just a totally different world that I, I really, really like. And maybe I guess it's not that necessary right now, especially since we buy everything online anyway. Like I just mentioned the book, unfortunately, you know, you have to get it online. I wish, you know, stores were open that you can buy it at and hopefully that'll be the case uh, mm -hmm. sooner than later, but yeah. Have, have you found, have, has the neon stuff or at least like the abandoned stuff that you've been talking about entered some of the stuff? Like I, I do want people to know about Ghost Town. You, you host two other podcasts. Ghost Town deals with like haunted and paranormal kind of the weird history behind some of these things have that has that filtered into your other work that you do i mean ghost town has been opened up so many doors it, it you know made this book happen and you know some things on a on a bigger on, on a bigger scale but you know my interest in sh weird and strange history especially in los angeles or not it all kind of ties together you, you know what i mean because there's something retro or there's something nostalgic and I think when you tell these stories like on a podcast it it takes people back there or they've never been there and they want to hear what it's like to be there or what was happening during that time so uh you know ghost town will, will have a lot of crime and, and true crime and strange and weird history and and uh abandoned and, and and such and i have another one called strange year which is i just pick a year and i talk about one strange thing that happened during that year so there's obviously there's a lot of crossover with a lot of this because i'm just i really my co-host is a little more on the haunted side and i'm a little more on the weird history side but we're all into the same thing so it's it's almost all the same. Was there? Actually, I want to mention. Is there any like when you think about writing the book and stuff that you had to go get some of these stories? Any of them that, like, or stuff and moments that pop out for you as being kind of strange? Like especially with the abandoned. Like when you go to abandoned sites, there must be a little bit of kind of weird. Not like you have just seen ghosts or anything like that. But like, is there any um, things that you listeners might want to like pick up on that you think was interesting when you did kind of go about making the book that might seem odd or like kind of hits you in a different way that you were like, wow, I didn't know that coming. Like. The well, there's a lot of these places when I, you know, these signs in these buildings and, you know, Los Angeles and, and the idea of Hollywood is 
filled for as young, like in, even in the United States, as young as, as uh, Southern California and Los Angeles is, it is jam packed with, uh, you know, uh, mystery, crime, horror, haunts, uh, tragedy and such. So it's hard not to go to any of these places, these old, you know, a, an old theater sign. And I was like, who was, how many people were murdered here? Because there's also, there's just a lot of that because, uh, you know, it's a city, right? And things happen in cities and, because there's a lot of people, but also the idea of Hollywood and people coming to Hollywood to, to you know, and then all the pitfalls of Hollywood, which still happen right now, everything is built in. And there's just a lot of high profile people here and things happen to high profile people. And, you know, right now we're in the, you know, getting into the Halloween season and the, you know, I'm, I've been going to, you know, homes of, you know, where, you know, these kind of old Frank, uh, I mean, Lloyd Wright homes, like where maybe the Black Dahlia was in the basement or something like that. It's the season for that. So we, you know, it's year round for us, but also it's right now. So it's, yeah, it's all baked in into that. It's just, Surely, because of because of Los Angeles and the idea of Hollywood, and 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 there's, it's it's stacked on top of each other. There's there's no shortage of of, and you can't walk a city block, I think, without being like, oh, nothing happened here. Oh, you know, yeah. there's always something. There's always something that happened here, and you know, and I'm only going back to like you know the nineteen, you know, you only go back to like the nineteen forties. They really jam packed a lot of weird stuff in the last seventy years or so. I think so too, is that, you know, Hollywood has a lot of heroes, but there's also a lot of, uh, you know, um, things that have, have fallen quiet for good reason. I mean, a lot of people don't remember all of the pitfalls, but, you know, clearly there's, there's a mysterious nature about um, some of these actors and actresses and, and, you know, just the craft itself, you know, once you break down, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful origin story. And I think the best books read like that. They're kind of very personal um, full of dreams, but also some nightmares along the way. And I think as it turns out, I mean, we're kind of in a very uh, kind of mysterious place as well. Kind of everything is in limbo. Um, granted, we're in COVID season and things are really developing in a, in a really strange way. But as we carry on this history, uh, I think it's important, you know, to kind of acknowledge those moments where it's like, hey, we might not really know how this worked out, but this is what happened. And largely people should know about it, you know. And I think for people that really enjoy that type of material, um, this book, I think will, will hit a lot of, uh, hit a lot of notes, you know, especially when you headline it with neon and, and put a lot of interesting stories, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, revealing different stories about music or culture. Um, I think a lot of that impacts how art gets made. And, uh, I think everyone would agree with me on the podcast that, you know, neon signs are traditionally art should be recognized as that. And, and clearly they've, they've been put, you know, kind of in a higher place than ever before, I think, particularly just versus where they commercially were, you know, in, in past decades, I think, you know, I, we still have more work to do, but I think um, people recognize how, how, you know, important these places in these neon signs can be um, just to storytelling or also to just you know, the higher ranks of different types of movies. We now realize, hey, there's a timeline here. Um, we should really work to kind of uh, prepare it for people who are interested and want to know more. Um, I guess pr pros of of the book and maybe things you might have coming up. Uh, really excited for just taking a look at this thing. It's it's awesome. I love the the whole concept. Yeah, and when I I had to express to people, I was like, this is a this is no matter this is a celebration of Los Angeles. I wasn't looking to you know, for people to, you know, kind of knock it or anything, even though it does obviously has its flaws. But, you know, if they told a story, it didn't have to be, 
you know, about, you know, how the, the time they found a hundred dollars on the ground, it, it, but I didn't want it to be like a, a negative part of, even if something negative happened, I didn't want it. I wanted it to be a positive celebration of the city that, you know, that I'm, you know, that I, I love, I love being in and, you know, I love being a, I always mentioned being a tourist in your own city and people, you know, looking like a tourist. I mean, I don't know like why that's necessarily a bad thing just because I'm, you know, I mentioned going to point A to point B and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, looking left and looking right and, and such. So I think there's just, I, you know, when conveying this book, when I was trying to kind of sell people on it and before it was made to be a part of it, I was like, this is the vibe. It's only in my head right now. And you have to take my word for it. And, and thankfully, a lot of people did. And um, I, I appreciate all those people that were involved and the, the publisher and, and, and everyone. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, please go check out the book, everybody uh, listening. You know, it's it's largely online. You can pre-order Abandoned Historic LA Neon and Beyond Now. Uh, Jason Horton, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and just Thank uh, you. your energy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great Neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>